Episode 67, The Origin of the Christmas Tree. Just like in my other episode about the supposed pagan origins of Christmas, there are other claims that the Christmas tree is just a pagan thing that, again, the Christians co-opted. And there's an element of truth to that, but not in the way that you think. In this story, we actually have a direct meeting of Catholic and pagan in the creation of the tradition of the Christmas tree. And it starts with St. Boniface, who was an English saint from the 7th century, and he became a monk. And at that time, there was much of northern and central Europe that was unevangelized. The gospel had not been preached in what would now be Germany and other parts of northern Europe. So Boniface was sent to evangelize the Germanic people. And as in every place where the gospel had not been preached, there was much pagan worship, of course, superstition. And so Boniface not only needed to preach the gospel, but also needed to root out superstitious and pagan belief and pagan worship. So he's in Germany around the time of Christmas, and he and his fellow missionaries are traveling through snowy, cold woods at night. They're hoping to rest because they've been traveling a lot. They're very tired and wearied, but he encourages them to keep going. And what he says is, quote, Courage, brothers, and forward yet a little. God's moon will light us presently, and the path is plain. Well know I that you are weary, and my own heart wearies also for the home in England, where those I love so dearly are keeping the feast this Christmas Eve. Oh, that I might escape from this wild, storm-tossed sea of Germany into the peaceful haven of my fatherland. But we have work to do before we feast tonight, for this is the Yuletide, and the heathen people of the forest have gathered at the Oak of Geismar to worship their god, Thor. And strange things will be seen there, and deeds which make the soul black. But we are sent to lighten their darkness, and we will teach our kinsmen to keep a Christmas with us, such as the woodland has never known. Forward then in God's name. End quote. So already there you have a mention of a tree worshipping Thor, as he said, at the Oak of Geismar. And this gives a little bit of a hint as to where the story is going. Not just the turning of a pagan ceremony into Christian use, but the destruction of a pagan ceremony and being replaced and fulfilled by the truth. So they keep going through the woods and they find this band of uh, pagan worshippers worshipping Thor. And Boniface says, quote, Here is the thunder oak, and here the cross of Christ shall break the hammer of the false god Thor. End quote. So people were all standing around a fire, engaged in their pagan worship, and Boniface says, I have come to bring you a greeting from the land of Wessex beyond the sea, and a message from the All-Father, whose servant I am. And as they're talking, the pagan priest tells Boniface that this is a ceremony to appease the sun god who is angry with the Germans for forsaking his worship, and that he needs to be appeased at the holy tree with blood. They believe that they are in God's disfavor because they had lost in battles. Their flocks have been decimated. There's been plague, etc. So to cleanse their sin, they're offering a blood sacrifice to Thor. And that needs to be done by sacrificing a human being. So they snatch a child from the group and they're about to sacrifice him to appease the god with a blood sacrifice, a human sacrifice. So as this pagan priest is about to kill the child, St. Boniface took his crozier or his staff and stopped the hammer that this priest was bringing down on the boy and it exploded into two. And with that, St. Boniface said, Hearken, sons of the forest, no blood shall flow this night save that which pity has drawn from a mother's breast. For this is the birth night of, of Christ, the son of the All-Father, the Savior of mankind. 
Fairer is he than Baldar, who is the sun god. Greater than Odin the wise, kinder than Freya the good. Since he has come, sacrifice is ended. The dark Thor, on whom you have vainly called, is dead. Deep in the shades of Niflheim he is lost forever. And now on this Christ night you shall begin to live. This blood tree shall darken your land no more. In the name of the Lord I will destroy it. And so then he cuts it down with just one stroke. And as it fell, right behind it there was a pine tree, a fir. And he said, This little tree, a young child of the forest, shall be your holy tree tonight. It is the wood of peace, for your houses are built of the fir. It is the sign of an endless life, for its leaves are evergreen. See how it points upward to heaven. Let this be called the tree of the Christ child. Gather about it, not in the wild wood, but in your own homes. There it will shelter no deeds of blood, but loving gifts and rites of kindness. And then as they took the tree back to the village, Boniface used the opportunity to, while using the tree and the symbolism he just explained, to give them the story of the Christ child in Bethlehem and tell them the story of Christmas. So this tradition of the Christmas tree isn't just taking a pagan rite and saying it's Christian now, but it was destroying a rite that was built around something evil, worship of false gods and human sacrifice, and putting in its place something that was true about the true God and about the true sacrifice that God became a small child for our sake. And of course, then offered the only worthy sacrifice of himself for our salvation. So after that brief outline of the origin of the Christmas tree, I thought it's interesting to note a few things here. First, it's important to note the, even though it's shadowy and vague, the insight of pagans on certain truths. In the episode I did on the supposed pagan origins of Christmas, I made this point too, that signs of God's plan for the world are, even apart from supernatural revelation, they seem to have been apparent to many pagan peoples before the coming of Christ in shadowy and vague ways. And these insights were perverted to evil, but there was some kernel of truth. Note that these people recognized that it required a sacrifice, a human sacrifice, uh, in order to appease God, so to speak, in order to cleanse them of their sin. But what was wrong, of course, was that killing human beings is wrong. And the only sacrifice that could actually redeem mankind was the sacrifice of God himself, freely offering himself. But sacrificing to God at a tree should ring some bells, right? It seems like there's some insight, again, even though it's very vague and it was misguided and it was perverted by the evil one. There was an insight there that St. Boniface, he didn't call them fools. He kind of took what they were doing and turned it to the truth. He directed their natural instinct to the supernatural end and elevated it by grace, by preaching to them the true gospel. Uh, this is very much what St. Paul did at the Areopagus. He saw their various pagan idols and he saw that there was one to an unknown God and he didn't say, you guys are idiots. He said, you have some insight here. Right? You have some insight that there's an unknown God and I'm preaching him to you. That's similar to what Boniface did here. He corrected or righted their path to the true God. So he's elevating their misguided ideas and aspirations to the truth of Christ. That's a good way to evangelize. It's a way we should still evangelize, not scoff at or reject outright everything said by those who don't believe in God, but to try and find the kernel of truth that they perceive and then show them the full truth, direct them to the full truth. 
we have a tendency to shy away from saying what someone does or believes is false and saying what we believe is true and then trying to teach it to them or give it to them. But that's what evangelization is. It's saying, hey, you have some truth there, but you're misguided in other ways. Let me teach you the truth. What you're doing is evil. What you believe is evil. What it leads to is evil. But there's some truth there. Now let me correct it and redirect it and show you what God actually wants of us and what God actually calls us to do. We tend to think making a claim like that is arrogant or unkind, but it's really the most charitable thing we can do. St. Boniface leaving these pagans to kill each other in human sacrifice is not charitable, it's not tolerant, it's not good. Neither is what we do in leaving people in their ignorance or their belief in false things. Because as we can see here and in other pagan religions, it's not just false, but it's actually perverse and wicked. It leads to murder, it leads to terrible superstitious practices. So evangelization is an act of charity. The whole episode with Boniface calls to mind how God showed his people that he was turning them away from pagan practices in the sacrifice uh, in God calling Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. He calls him to that because that is something that pagan religions did. But then at the last moment, God stays the hand of Abraham and says, look, I am the true God. I do not call you to do this. And as we know, the act of Abraham being willing to sacrifice Isaac was intended by God to be a sign, a symbol of foreshadowing of the true sacrifice offered by the Son of God. So this model of evangelization is given to us by God himself to take what is true, to rid it of any evil that surrounds it, and then to elevate it in Christ. So when we look upon the Christmas tree this Christmas, let's not just think it's a nice decoration, but recall the words of Boniface that it's a sign of eternal life because its leaves are evergreen. It is a sign of heaven because it points upwards to heaven in its shape. And let's also recall that cold night in the woods in snow in the seventh century where Boniface brought the Germanic people from the darkness of human sacrifice and ignorance into the light of Christ and the joy of the gospel. Thank you for listening to Catholic Daily Brief. If you have any questions or episode ideas that you'd like me to address, please email catholicdailybrief at gmail.com and I'll try my best to make an episode on the question. Also, please check out my audiobook of Lord of the World by becoming a member at patreon.com slash catholicdailybrief. God bless.